living above your fears. I want to read this to you. It says, we must learn to shift our dependency upon him and off of ourselves. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty scary factor to think that I'm the only source of strength. <laughs> I'm the only source of, of, of working things out in my life because I'm not really good at that. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm the kind of mechanic in my house when I fix things. I have to go to YouTube and find somebody who's already done the job. And then I take my iPad with me to follow whatever steps they were doing because I'm just not that good at it. So if I'm the only source of my safety, if I'm the only source of my eternity, if I'm the only source of my peace, then I'm in trouble. And guess what? So are you. But we have someone who left us his peace. When he ascended a high, he left us his peace. He gave us eternity. So these things come from him. So I can begin to have a confidence in the fact that my Jesus has defeated everything there is. He's defeated it. He has triumphed over everything. And that Jesus wants me to depend on him. So here's the, the fun part. You ready? Our independence is actually based on dependency. Our independence is actually based on dependency. You have to be dependent upon God for you to have independence. Isn't that beautiful? Why? Because if I'm dependent on him, I'm dependent on him for peace. I'm dependent on him for joy. I'm dependent on him for all of these things which he has provided for me. And nobody can take them away. So if I lean on him, then my dependence gives me independence that I can stand strong in these times of strife. Let's go into some scriptures and I think we're going to have some fun today. Are you ready to take some notes, folks? Are you ready to have some fun? Praise the Lord. You should be fired up. We sang some great songs to start off service today. Some of my favorites because I know them. I grew up singing them. So it's not hard for me to have to remember what the lyrics are. But I, I need you to know this is great stuff. So here we are. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. And we're going to read this in the Passion Translation. And um, it says, don't be afraid or intimidated by others. Hard thing to do, isn't it? You know, I remember playing high school football, and and as a freshman, I remember going in on a defensive play, and I played on a played linebacker, and I remember looking over at the offensive line of this other team, and I'm thinking these guys are mean. They're big and they're mean, and I remember being so intimidated by them that when they snapped the ball, I kind of just froze in my tracks, hoping nobody would come and hit me. Well, they hit me <laughs> as they ran over me to go for a touchdown. <laughs> my coach pulls me out and asks me, what are you doing? And I told him I was afraid. He said, you can't play this game and be afraid. You cannot play this game and be afraid. He told me this, I have confidence in you. That story, that statement that he said to me allowed my confidence to grow. What has God said to you? God says, I know the hairs on your head. I know that not a sparrow will fall from a tree. Not anything will happen that I don't know about. And I've made you more important than sparrows. 
Are y'all following me today? He loves you. And we kind of talked about that last week. He loves you. So once you get that confidence, you're able to stand. You won't be intimidated. But let's read on. It says, don't be afraid or intimidated by others. For God will bring everything out into the open and every secret will be told. What I say to you in the dark, repeat in broad daylight. And what you hear in a whisper, announce it publicly don't be in fear of those who can kill only the body but not your soul fear only god this is awesome fear awesomeness only god who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell so Man will cause situations where you will want to fear him. They use fear as a tactic to keep you from doing things. Fear has been a major situation in many countries to keep people from having the freedom or keeping people from experiencing peace, keeping people from experiencing joy. They create fear. The Bible tells us don't fear the person that can only kill the body because the real me lives in this body and they can't kill it. God is able to do what killed my body and my soul, my thinking, my emotions, my thought patterns. He's able to do that. Man can't. So here's what I'm asking you to do today. I'm not asking you to go out and challenge death. I'm asking you to learn how to live above your fears. Does that make sense to anybody? I need you to learn how to live above your fears. Don't be afraid of people and their opinions and their thoughts and their plans because man plans. And God plans and God is the best of planners. Will God's plan work? If you don't believe me, read Revelations. It's in there. (laughs) Read it in Hebrews. It's in there. Read it everywhere. It's in there. His plan works. Nothing will stop it. Now, in between this moment that we live in and the culmination of his plan, there's going to be all kinds of opportunities for fear and doubt and trepidation and dread. But we don't live in those places. We live in the glory of God. So we learn to live above our fears. Let's read on. You can buy two sparrows for only a copper coin. Yet not even one sparrow falls from its nest without the knowledge of your father. Can you see how profound that is? How profound. This is the same God who has caused the oceans and the sea. To remain in the areas that he placed them in. It's it's mind-boggling when you think about the power of God. And that same God has made us the most important things on the planet. We're most important to him because we are his creation. You can buy two spirals for only a copper coin, yet not even one spiral falls from its nest without the knowledge of your father. Aren't you worth more to God... Then many sparrows. Sometimes we got to grow in the knowledge of this because sometimes we spend a lifetime thinking we're a nobody. Sometimes we grow up in societies that taught us we were nobodies, that we weren't important, that we didn't, we, we weren't valued. And sometimes we spend a tremendous amount of time trying to snatch value from the hands of those people who we think took it away from us. And that's a failure. That's a mistake. God has given us value. 
What I need to do is learn the value that God has given me. I am a precious creation. I am perfectly made. So I am precious to him. So if somebody wants to devalue me, that's actually their problem because their fight is with the one who created me, not with me. You can't have my value because you didn't give it to me. Does anybody get that today? So you don't fear the opinions of others because that can cripple you. When God calls you to do a thing, people may not agree with what God called you to do. But you can't go by their opinion. You have to do what God calls you to do. Go where God called you to go. It may not be well with them, but they didn't get the message. You did. Is this making sense to anybody today? So don't fear them. Listen closely. It says, so don't worry. Hmm. Which is the result, which is the side product of fear. So don't worry for your father cares deeply about even the smallest detail of your life. How many of us believe that today? That God cares about the smallest detail of our lives. He cares. I said, he cares. Ooh, man, he cares. So when stuff happens, don't fear. Things don't always work out the way you want them to. Don't fear. This is the way I think of it. I continue to keep growing in this. If this direction didn't work, then God had opened the door someplace else. He'll shut this door and I'll find the one that's open. But I know he wants me to continue to serve him in some way, shape or form or capacity. And he will always make opportunity for me to do that. Is, is, are y'all getting this today? No matter what the circumstances are, no matter where they're at. I remember reading a book by a guy who was at the concentration camp. And he went there with three sisters, mother and father and two brothers. All of them died. But for some reason, the German, the Nazi guy chose him to do shoe collection. So whenever they would bring people in and they would strip them down, they would bring shoes to this little boy. And it was his job to pair these shoes up and keep them in order in this room. That's all he was supposed to do. He remembers vividly when his father's shoes came in. He remembers vividly when his mother's shoes came in and his sister's and he had to lay those shoes out. He knew those shoes belonged to his family and he knew he would never see him again. But at that moment, he had a chance to either dwell in hate or believe that God was going to make a way for him. And he kept believing that and he kept believing that. And he was one of the few people that survived the concentration camp. So his advice to us was when a situation happens, there's the thing that causes the situation and then your response in between the cause and the response is a space. What are you going to do in that space? That's where you choose to listen to your Bible. That's when you choose to look to the throne of God and go, you know what, God, I can respond to this situation in anger or in violence, or I can respond by knowing you already took care of this. Your Bible says, when you are for me, who can be against me? Y'all still here with me today? So these kinds of things help us to understand. I don't, I can't live in fear. I have to live above my fears. Do I do it perfectly every day? No. But I'm getting better at it day by day. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Amplified translation. It says, to you then, all God's beloved ones in Rome called to be saints and designated for a consecrated life. 
grace and spiritual blessing and peace be yours from God, our father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a lot packed in that, isn't it? That grace and that peace. But listen what it says. It says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because the report of your faith, the report of your faith is made known to all the world and is commended everywhere. The report of your faith means that your actions speak louder than your words. Your actions speak louder than your bumper sticker. Your actions speak louder than that big cross you got hanging around your neck. Your actions speak louder than the church you say you belong to or you're a member of. These people's lifestyle spoke in such a way that they were commended around the world. What was it that they did? They began to live like the Christ that they knew. They became Christ-like. And because of that, then that means when times were hurting, when times were fearful, they didn't live in fear. So people could look to them when situations were crazy and out of control and they could see people who were living in peace. I sure hope you all are hearing me today. These people then are living above the fears and these people who are consumed by their fears must see somebody that is able to navigate this situation or this circumstance. That was these people. And because of that, they were commended around the world. Make sense to you today? How many of us can have that kind of report about our lives? Or do we get consumed? (laughs) Do we get drowned in the fears? Do we get just swallowed up? For me, man, I'll tell you, I'd like to know when the internet became the source of truth. I'd like to know when that happened. Man, I'm telling you, I've seen some of the craziest stuff known to mankind just by surfing that thing a little bit. You know me? That is not the source of truth. You have a B-I-B-L-E. A Bible. And in there is the truth. I don't care what man says. That is the truth. So when you need the truth, go to your Bible. Amen? Because if you listen to some of this so-called theory out there, man, them folks is insane. Praise the Lord. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. This is the message translation. You're getting all of it today. Welcome to theology class. (laughs) Romans chapter 12, the message translation. So here's what I want you to do. These are our personal instructions. God helping you. Take your everyday, everybody say everyday, ordinary life, say ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Give him your life. Give it to him. Even the ones places where you don't want to. I'm I'm mad at my husband. God said, give him your life. You're like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm mad at my wife. God says, give me your life. You No, I want to be mad. You know the byproduct of that? It's sad. <laughs> you be mad, then you're sad, and none of that works. Give him your life, your everyday life. Listen closely. It says, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for 
him. So embracing what God has done for you is the best thing you can do for you. What has he done for you? He's protected you. He's created a place of safety for you. He lets you know that he got you. He supports you. He won't forsake you. All of these things he has done for you. So embracing that is the best thing you can do for yourself. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. If I was going to rest my hat somewhere today, this would be the verse. Because this is where we find ourselves in most cases. We stop thinking. We have stopped thinking. We have become opinion-driven people. Opinions. Opinions. Guess what about opinions? Everybody has one. And none of them are true. (laughs) But we accept this stuff without thinking. You know what Hitler said one time? Hitler said, it is great for leaders when men don't think. Hitler said that. And it was great for him that people didn't think. Because if they'd have been thinking, they might have said something to him or stopped some of the stuff that he was doing. It wasn't okay to exterminate human beings. But what happened? People stop thinking. Somebody say amen. So again, the Bible says think on these things. Things that are pure. Things that are upright. Right? Think on those things. But think. Open your mind up to what God says. And that will tell you when you hear crazy stuff, you'll be able to tell the difference. Uh, Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. God told me the other day, what did he say? Oh, don't take the vaccine shot because it's going to change your DNA. I I heard that on the internet. Some doctor on the internet said, first off, there's some really horrible doctors. Really crazy people who put doctor in front of their name. That doesn't give them credibility. Second, God created the DNA. We've been living on this planet since Adam and Eve. We've had a flood that flooded the whole earth. The DNA stayed intact through the flood because Noah and his sons and his son's wives and his wife extended Life, again, they got fruitful and multiplied. The DNA remained with them. The DNA went to the Valley of Shinar and stayed there. Then God came down and confused the language of the Tower of Babel and sent mankind all over the planet Earth and everywhere human beings went. Guess what went, went, went with them? The DNA that he originally put in Adam and Eve. So if you think God is going to let some doctor who's trying to cure disease, change the DNA in you, it's not going to happen. So we need to think instead of receive information that is very poor. Somebody say amen. Instead, fix your attention on who? Fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, Always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you. Develops well-formed maturity in you. I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me. 
and especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you. Living then, as every one of you does, in pure grace, it's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. If we raise ourselves to the level of thinking we're doing God a favor, then we become our only source of peace. We become our only source of safety. And then we stop being dependent on him, which kills our independence. I need you to be independent, but that comes from being dependent on a God who's already done everything for you. So we have to separate ourselves from the philosophies, the man-made ideas of society and stand on the word of God. Stand on that. Even when it's emotional, even when it's hard, even if it means I'm going to have to make a paradigm shift, I'm going to have to break from some of my emotional thoughts or memories. I have to learn to stand on the word of God because in there is my peace. I must be dependent on him for my own independence. Matthew chapter 11. I hope this is blessing you today. Come to me. Do what? Why would he even say that? Because he knew we weren't coming to him. We were going to man's philosophy. We were going to the culture. We were going to the society. We were going to different forms of information to guide our behaviors. We were going to the horoscope. (laughs) We were going to superstitions. We were going to all kinds of things, thinking those things would regulate our lives and help us navigate life. And none of those things work. He said, come to me. All who are weary and heavy burden by what? By religious rituals that provide no peace. (laughs) I can go into these religious rituals, but I'm not going to do that today. But I don't have to. You know what they are that provide no peace. See, we'll separate from another group of people who call themselves Christians because we don't like the fact that they practice um, baptizing in only the name of Jesus. We say they should baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And, and we'll separate from them. We'll separate from these people because they speak in tongues and I don't like speaking in tongues. We'll separate from these people because they like to have an emotional service. They like to get up and dance and, and, and kind of run around the church. And I think that's foolish. So I'll separate from them. Are, are y'all hearing me today? So we spend all of this time drawing all these lines in the sand, making a determination that I'm better than these people because of what they do and what I do. So I'm better than them because of what they do and what I do. And in the long run, none of them. All right, the only one is, is him. And we have no business thinking that we're better than anybody else. So come to him. Come to me. All who are weary and heavy burdened by religious rituals that provide no peace. You don't get peace from this. And I will give you what? Rest. Refreshing your souls with salvation. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, following me as my disciple. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find what? Rest, renewal, blessed quietness for your souls. So right now, if your soul, if your mind, your emotions are not at rest, if you've got all of these fears that are driving you, make your heart race faster, all of these things that are happening to you, guess where you're not at? You're not yoked with him. You're yoked with something else that is causing fear because his yoke doesn't cause that. It takes it away because once you are yoked with him, he, re- he removes from you your dependence on other things and returns your dependence to him. And when you're dependent to him, there is nothing, no thing outside of you that can touch you. Is this making sense today? So if you're twisted by every wind that blows, by every piece of information, you hear something and you lose your mind. As I said about the other guy, he sat down on a hot cup of coffee, started watching the news pretty soon. He was hot and the coffee was cold. Flew the shoe at the TV. The TV broke. The dog ran and left. He hadn't seen the dog in a month because the dog is afraid to come home. <laughs> and if he keeps it up, his wife is next. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm serious. We're, again, we're, we're keep looking for this peace from some other source and we can't get it from there. It only comes from being yoked with God for having this true faith that no matter what I see, it doesn't control me because I walk by faith and not by sight. And my God promised me. That he would never leave me nor forsake me. Are y'all still with me today? It says, for my yoke is easy to bear and my burden is light. I don't know about you. I like the light burden (laughs) versus the heavy one. (laughs) I like the light burden. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go to him. I'm going to be dependent on him and he'll give me independence. One more verse and we're going to close it up. No, that that actually was it. You know what? You had a wonderful short time today, but I just need you to, I'm going to tie this up as tight as I possibly can. Here's what I need you to know. As simple and straightforward as this stuff is, you've got to understand your dependency on God gives you independence. Say it one more time, make it even deeper. In Psalms 33, it says, For the nation that makes God their Lord, they will be great. What does that mean? For the nation that puts their dependence on God will actually be independent. We need to understand that as Christians. My dependency is not on me separating from you. My dependency is based on what I do with God, how I give him my life, my everyday life, my going to work life, my sleeping, my eating, all of that part of my life. As I give it to him, he gives me independence. He gives me strength. He gives me the ability to live above my fears. So I pray, God, that as you have heard this series, you now have a better understanding of why it's important for us as Christians to do this. Satan was excellent at causing us 
to have a one-hour event on a Sunday or Saturday that we call church. A one-hour event. Oh, he was excellent. Excellent. And we orchestrated this one hour till we just stamped out all of the Holy Spirit. If the song took three minutes and 45 seconds, if you sang the song for three minutes and 46 seconds, somebody from the backstage would get a hook and snatch you off the stage, beat you over the head. I mean, we orchestrated this one hour event down to everything that we just squeezed all of the real life out of this thing. And then... We told people you came to church today. So when they would leave, church was over. So in this place, in this building that we call church, they gave everything. There would be people fighting to become greeters. There'd be people fighting to to, to help out as ushers or pass out stuff. They would be fighting because this is where they gave their spiritual gifts. But in reality... Our gifts were supposed to be exercised outside of this building. God never meant for us to have a one hour event that we call church. Church is us, the body. Therefore, we're supposed to live this thing all day, every day. Are going to work, eating, waking up, going to bed, life every day is where we're supposed to exercise these gifts. Satan was instrumental in causing us to have this kind of event. So what did God do when COVID came? God didn't cause COVID, but he said, I'll take all things and turn it to good for those that love me. And he shut down the building that we call church. Then we had to learn how to be the church. Now learning how to be the church means you're going to have to be dependent on God. You're going to have to have faith in him and you're going to have to learn how to live above your fears. Cause now you come into the safety of the building where everybody thought like you, Everybody look like you. Everybody saying the same, you know, little song. I don't like gospel. I like uh, uh, this kind of music. I don't like the, you know, the genres of music. I just go, you know, I just like that kind. I just everybody look alike. Everybody dress alike. We just, and then all of a sudden, God said, "That ain't where I want you. I need you to go out there where everybody looks different, where everybody thinks different." Because I need them to know me, but I'm using you to go to them. And you go, well, Lord, I'm I'm scared. He said, come to me. (laughs) Because I will guide you. Give me your life. Become dependent on me and I'll make you independent out there. So I need us to come to that point. Church is us. Our ministry field is out there. So you're not in church right now. You're having a fellowship. You're having a service where your passions are being reignited. Your direction is being set. So when this goes off today, this virtual message goes off, you can turn to your husband or your wife and love them more. You can go to your job and understand why it's important for you to be dependent on Christ so he can live through you for those people that you work with. I pray God you're understanding this today. Live above your fears by being dependent upon him. We must learn to shift our dependency 
upon him and off of ourselves. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, Again, I pray God you enjoyed your holiday. We're looking forward to serving you more and more and more. And just in closing, I just want you to know, I need y'all to understand that there's probably over a thousand people engaged in watching this, this service today. Because we have went virtual, we were able to touch the lives of over a thousand people on a weekly basis. You're in this service with people in Uganda, in Brazil, in France. <laughs> what a beautiful thing. And every other state, almost in the United States. God is good. God bless you. Have a great day.